Hello and welcome to another episode of the Fantastic Mr. Podcast. I am Justin Strange, along with my beautiful hosts, Jake Kramers. Hello. And Zach Briggs. We're back. Yes, we are. And we're recording two times in one week, which is crazy. Yeah, we were so excited. We just we just had to keep going. We <laughs> Well, to be honest, so I've said this, I'm pretty sure on this podcast, but I am a teacher and when we do this on, we usually do it. We started on Thursdays and I wasn't getting, we weren't getting done to like, cause you know, we love talking about, we love talking about movies and sometimes we talk longer than we anticipated. So we get done a little late. And so we decided to move it to Fridays. So we can talk as long as we want. And now we can talk as long as we want. Yeah, go and off tangents. Yeah. Justin, all the editing to do. Yeah. And then I have to edit it all. You have to sift through all the yeah. nonsense. Yeah, to get to the good stuff. So that might be three hours of nonsense and 30 minutes of good stuff. So I'm so glad that's your job and not mine. Yeah, well, we can make it your job. We can split the, the episodes, man. <laughs> I can upload them to the Google Drive. I can do that real quick. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I don't mind doing it. But I was uh, I know this is not podcast subject, but we are we are working on a theme song for us uh, at this point. The audience will have heard theme song. Yeah, you, guys, we, you guys have already heard it. Yeah, we have a soundtrack that you just listened to like 30 seconds ago. Yeah. And it better be beautiful because, well, the guy, the guy that's doing it for me, he did um, my short film, Hidden Letters, which Jake helped me on. And it was real. I mean, like I said, this is what I want. And he gave it to me. So I trust him. And I pretty much said, this is what I want. And so I'm just waiting on him to give me something. And uh, we're pretty excited about the theme song. So you guys have heard it already, but we haven't yet. And I'm pretty excited. So weird. Yeah. (laughs) To think about, but we're recording these, you know, kind of a stacking them before we we send them out, uh, kind of like a TV show would do. So uh, right now we we don't know what the theme song sounds like, so it's kind of kind of making us anxious. Want to hear it? So anyway, sorry I didn't mean to go off on that little. I'm just... actually no, you know, speaking of oh music, yeah, that's a nice that's a nice little transition. transition. Yeah. So Zach, tell us what we're talking about today. Well, today we're going to be talking about music and film and. I guess the glory that comes with just watching a movie and feeling the emotions from the sounds of music. Absolutely. So, I think for me, when I sit down and watch a movie, whether it's you know at home on my couch, that carries my attention. Uh, there's movies where uh, there's I call it white noise or just <laughs> sound. Yeah, it just blends in Fortune. the background. Yeah, it just kind of blends in the background, like just uh, a TV soap op- soap opera. The music's like not important. No, um, but I would like to open up to you guys. Like, what does music mean for you when you're watching a movie? Go ahead, Jake. You can start. Oh, well, thank you, Justin. You're very welcome. Um, Happy to do it, my friend. Music plays an integral part, obviously, um, but it's I think it's often overlooked because. Film being a visual medium, obviously, is what general audience mission to. But in all honesty, go back to some of your favorite movies that you have seen and have been a part of your childhood. You know, if I asked you, what's the theme of that film? Or what was a theme of the this particular scene that was so like important to you growing up? I would be willing to make a bet that a lot of that comes down to the music. Like immediate line that says, oh, yes, I remember this scene. 
it felt so, you know, I was so sad or I was so overjoyed. And when you think of it, the music is probably what comes first to your mind. Like, yes, the visuals are there, but when you think back on something, remember just the feelings of the movie. And music's really tied to that. And I feel like it's fed through music a lot. Um, I would only half agree with you because there are times where I feel that way, where music really helped. But then there's times where it it helped, but I think more on a subconscious level, you know? So, I, you know... What's an example? I, I notice music and I notice the movie. I don't necessarily notice them together sometimes. Endgame, the music from Endgame and the movie together sounded awesome. But like, then you have uh, movies like Ant-Man. Ant-Man had a great score, I thought, but it was a great score. You know, it wasn't, it was good for the movie. It was great for the movie, but I would, I would be okay if, I, I don't know how, I don't know how to say this. Uh, to me, they're two separate things. I feel know? like in some cases, like the, the score kind of is on the same level as the visuals of the show. Yeah, for, example, for example, I don't, I don't, as much Star Wars, of course, but you know, like E.T. or Jaws. I mean, those are the music is synonymous with the Indiana Jones. Yeah, yeah the, the synonymous with the the storytelling. It's certainly not a background That's part true. of the film. And I feel like while people may not necessarily remember note for note that maybe they could at least hum something as they walk out of the theater or even decades after they've seen it, perhaps when they were little kids, uh, they could, they, they remember uh, that uh, sound. I, I, I feel like if someone started humming to the, the Star Wars theme song or Jaws and uh, it's like a, as a social experiment on the streets of any country, someone will say, Hey, that's, that's from Star Wars. That's from, that's, from Jaws, it's, it might get a little harder if we get in, into some other. I feel like people would have a hard time knowing what the Batman '89 uh, theme song was if I started humming that, just because you know people associate Batman in this generation. They think of either Adam West theme, which I'm not going to say how many things with copyright issues, right. or the the Dark Knight uh, stuff by Hans Zimmer. Like they don't think of perhaps like you know, Danny Elfman's theme from '89, which really kind of started the whole animated series inspired soundtrack um, by Shirley Walker. Um, I feel like the symphonic here symphony music is what's lacking in, in movies today and the appreciation for it as well. I'm glad you mentioned the copyright thing. Cause I, I totally forgot about that. And I was about to start humming Indiana Jones. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. Disney will, Disney will get you. <laughs> oh man. Cause I thought about it before we, we, I think you know, Lucas films in that case, I think. Well, right. Disney owns Lucas. Was it Disney? Oh, that's Disney true. owns Lucasfilm. Disney that, owns everything. Yeah. I'm sure they'll make an Indiana Jones. They just eventually. own the movie distribution rights to a new hope. That's why we haven't got a, a true, uh, old version of the unedited version on Blu-ray of a new hope. And we never will. Never will. I don't think we ever will, but that's a whole other, that's a whole other episode. First movie that I can remember the score, but not thinking, Oh, I love the score. I just remember thinking that sounds awesome. Is the mask. The score from, yeah. The score from the mask always like, and anytime I see that new line cinema logo that um, not the logo, but the animation, whenever Mm -hmm. the, yeah, I automatically think the mask. So like the mask stands out to me, you know, the nineties had some really good scores. So the mask, Casper, from what I can, from what I remember, mask, Casper, and liar, liar, really memorable for me scores because they were really like very upbeat, or it was very, you know, it had a very unique sound. I guess is what I'm trying to say. 
had very unique sounds and like even Casper, which is kind of, you know, it's some of it's really upbeat, but then the one, my favorite one, and I don't know the name of it right now. Um, it's very like very smooth and it like, I mean, I don't know. I could, that's this kind of stuff that I could listen to when I'm going to sleep. Like it's almost like a lullaby for me. Really? Yeah. So soundtrack for the, the live action Casper movie with Christina Ricci and Bill Pullman. Um, I, I would highly suggest you listen to, I don't know why I didn't mention that earlier, but that's probably because this is your, your uh, thing. Yeah. James Warner. I, I'm familiar with his work. He's, he did Casper and, uh, I'll tell you the name. Titanic. It's called, uh, it's called, it's called Casper's Lullaby. So if, once we get off of here, if you guys want to listen to it, you should, because uh, it's a really good, uh, really good score. What movies for you, Jake, kind of stand out as, or, as the music? Or just even, 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 even if it's not music, maybe it's just ambience of, of sound. Yeah, I know this is going to really feel like a cop out, but the first movie that I watched as a kid that the music really stuck with me was The Lion King. Obviously, sure. Yeah, dude. Yeah, I totally like, agree with that. You know, like obviously, it's like a musical and it got musical numbers and stuff. No, but the but score. Even, but even the score behind that, when yeah. the wilderbeasts were uh, stampeding, and you could just feel, you know, the terror. Oh man, I want to. Oh, sorry. Eyes and and I want soul. I want hum it so bad. Yeah, like oh, you, you can that, just feel his terror from the that, score, or going mm. through the boneyard and the percussion. That how they incorporated it was almost like a musical representation of what was visually happening like in the yeah, graveyard they had lots of percussions and like it was yeah it it tied Actually, together so well with what i was watching that was yeah. the first moment as a child actually realizing yeah the, i'll agree like with the that score of it i'll when you were talking about the whole whatever you were talking about earlier jake that that movie that would be that Whatever you were talking about, what were you remember? How the emotion of it, like if you remember yeah. that. So the Lion King would 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 have done that. Yeah, the Lion King would do that for me. I, I would I would agree with that. Yeah, because that I, even as a kid, I'm like, man, this music is awesome. Did they like the musical numbers are great, but the score, even the score itself. No, that's what. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like the score itself. And do you remember if in the live action version of Lion King, did they have those similar techniques of kind of matching the music with the action on screen? I don't. I, recall, I don't, I don't remember. really remember either. I mean, I assume they did, but I don't really remember. I feel like I it. Mean, they, it fits a lot better, like like sync for like tone for tone, uh, in animation. I feel like in animation, at least, even just watching cartoons like the old Looney Tunes. A lot of the like dancing around or tiptoeing would be accompanied by yeah, be accompanied by some like string instrument, or the the timpani would be for when someone jumps and falls down or something, you know, like effects like Looney Tunes. Yeah, but a little bit more, I guess, instrumental and not just mere sound effects like they had in Batman Forever. Or Batman and Robin, unfortunately, they had like they literally included cartoon sound effects from like Looney Tunes. Uh, I'm looking yeah. at a. I have a playlist on Spotify of just scores, and I'm looking at the movies I have on here. And the first thing that pops up is you guys might make fun of me, but Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles: Out of the Shadows, the live action Michael Bay. Um, that I like their score a little bit. It's it's not all of it, but like there's a few. And then Iron Man three. Iron Man three score is really good. So like great compared to two and one. I mean, did Iron Man have his own theme or? Well, see, two and one weren't done. Brian Tyler did three, 
but he didn't do the other two. So what, the thing I like about Brian Tyler, and he does um, he does the first Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Iron Man three, and the Power Rangers are the ones that I can think of off the top of my head. He does a lot of other, a lot of other things, but he um, he he has this way of like almost like a movie and a cartoon score, almost like I don't know how to explain this. Um, he's really good at at scoring things, and it makes it unique and makes it different from you know just the the usual, just like, you know, one note and maybe go up one other note and then maybe go one more note. He's really good at, you know, variety. Yeah. I mean, he's good at variety and it's different. All his moves, like his, he, he could sound, he has, he doesn't have like a, his own notes. He's, he's, he's diverse. Yeah. I mean, you gotta, just gotta listen to some of his stuff. So I really, I really like Brian Tyler. Um, also there's a movie, if you guys ever heard of, it, it's called It Follows. Um, and it's made by this, uh, musician called Disaster Piece, but he does a lot of like electronic stuff so he did a video game called fez and it's very electronic new age 8-bit type stuff so it doesn't sound like an actual nes but it kind of does it has but the sounds a little richer um and the the music in fez is really good but then i was watching it follows because i was like this movie is insane have you guys you know it follows us about no so it's about this thing that follows you. And the only way you can get rid of it is through like sexual like transmission. So you have to have sex with somebody to get rid of it. It's like it's like a sexually transmitted ghost. Yeah, pretty much. And so I was watching this movie because I was like, this movie's insane. And but I actually actually liked the movie. And then I was listening to the music and I was like, this music sounds so familiar. And so I looked it up and sure enough, it was uh, the same guy and it was the same type music, but it was a horror movie. What so, movie or what year did this movie come out? Uh, it's older. It's like three or four years ago. Yeah. Three, four years ago. No, it's probably a little bit longer than that. Uh, I can look it up real quick. Um, but yeah, like I was I was just like, man, that sounds so electronic familiar yeah. yeah and it's very electronic-y type stuff so whenever i did my movie hidden letters it came out in 2014 so yeah not too long ago whenever i was telling the, the composer i was like this is what i want i sent him the soundtrack to fez and i sent him the soundtrack to another video game called unravel and it has a lot of like violins and very uh woodsy type violin type music it's really like calming Really calming mm -hmm. music, indie, you know, indie type music that goes in an indie game. That's the kind of music it is. And so I was like, do this. And so he did. And it sounded really great. And so, yeah. And then let's see what else I got here. Cause I have a lot of stuff. I have a lot of Marvel stuff like Ant-Man and Avengers. Um, Kick-Ass has a good, a couple good songs from the score. Um, Transformers has a good score. I'm stepping that one. Yeah. A neat score. Not necessarily a good score. It's, it's good for, it's good for the movie, you know? And sometimes good to listen to. That's actually a really good point because there are scores that outside of the film they're made for might not be that special. Yeah. But just like every other artistic choice that is made when you're creating a film, music is a part of that. Yeah. And yeah, I, I really appreciate how artists and filmmakers are able to find the right sounds to go with their specific film. Zach, I know you know this one, Annihilation. I didn't listen to that one. That score. Oh, you should have. Yeah, sorry. That score, that's one of my, I'm going to say that's my favorite movie of all time. Is, is, is it? All time, that's my favorite movie. And the score is one of my favorite scores of all time. But I will admit, if you take that away from the film, it's very disquieting and very uncomfortable to listen to very odd outside yeah. of that film because what it's trying to represent is that of the unknown and the unrecognizable if you're just to listen to that outside 
it's it's just very uncomfortable. It doesn't make easy listening like some other scores, but when you put it in combination with the context of that film, it becomes just an incredible tool for the story artists. Absolutely. And drives and compels the story along. Justin, you've you've seen Annihilation though, right? Yeah, dude, we watched it together. Yeah. <laughs> but, but Jeez. You remember the the final scene or one of the final scenes where Natalie Portman's characters reached the destination? The dome thing? The dome, yes. And then there's that whole scene with the that creature or alien, but I call it the mimic. Yeah. But clip I, I sent you guys was that entire scene. I need to watch um, that movie again is what I need just to remind is, I mean, I've never done you no know, drugs or anything, but acid trip <laughs> is what I would kind of call that. Yeah. Uh, that, that those, those that sounds, whole movie that, that whole that well, particular yeah. section I mean, it, it, that was that just the scene itself was kind of a revelation on the level for me as 2001 a space odyssey with the the massive baby that appears and i'm kind of confused as to what's happening <laughs> yeah. it's just like this kind of grand mm -hmm. realization of what's happening and kind of fear of unknown of what's about to happen and the music really enhances that experience for me i mean how would you describe that ending music jake i mean it has uses lots of i don't know like electronic sounds like it's a lot rhythmic of, ambient uh, it's, noises yeah it's it's a very disquieting disquieting ambience yeah um and they use like very deep electronic bass and they kind of like roll it and kind of creates this grating almost grinding feel to the music um it kind of like undulates and and kind of like wiggles into your ears in a, in a very unnatural way, I'd say it's it's electronic, almost bordering on dubstep. If you took dubstep and then slowed it down and played it like an orchestra, if you yeah. took the idea of dubstep and then turned it into classical music, that's a particular track. Yeah, yeah, you that's know, a great way to describe it. I'm gonna be honest with you: the way you're making the music sound makes it sound awesome. Because I yeah, don't right. really remember the music from that movie. I listen to after um, the podcast. Yeah, I will. But, but just there's that. I, can, I wish I could hum it now. But there's like this one little motif that you hear. But it's like they play it again and again. But it's within like five or ten seconds of each other. And mm -hmm. at, between that motif, there's this underlying like sparkly sound happening. There's like a bunch of different rhythms happening, and it kind of crescendos into this uh, moment. And it. it, it, it it feels almost like a heartbeat of the environment. That's the way it comes across. It almost feels like it's it's the embodiment of that environment. If that environment was a living thing, and and it's just very awesome. Uh, yeah, it's just <laughs> it's very deep. It's an experience. Yeah, ingrained. Yes. Yeah, and well, sorry, I know that Annihilation is going to be one of the movies that we'll be talking about in another episode. Yeah. Um, so the ending for that movie is. Just, I still have questions about it. No, I, I didn't watch that movie again. Let's talk um, about the the Joker. I mean, you, okay. you guys, you've seen that movie. You've heard the, oh, some, I've of the seen some of the some the music. I know I was a big fanatic about it when it came I, out. Obviously, talk whenever about your thoughts. So I remember when we watched the movie. We, you know, I've seen it. I saw a couple. Of, I think I saw it twice with you, right? So I remember thinking in the when we were watching the movie, like, man, this this sound this score sounds great, and then I hadn't heard it for a very long time and then you sent those two links i sent I, the, the i sent that one on purpose because it's the one that you hear 
when he's getting beat up and the big old yeah. freaking yellow Joker thing appears on you. <laughs> yeah, I was like, whenever I started playing it, I just like was flooded with the way I felt in the movie theater. I was like, this is awesome. Like, I want to listen to some more of this. And then it also played the one where, you know, it's a song where he's he's dancing on the stairs. And, oh, yeah. you know, every 90s sports movie had that song in it. And so I thought it was, I also like, and something we can talk about in a minute, you know what, I'll wait, but I really liked that scene. And I'll tell you why. Uh, shortly when we get off kind of get off the scores because i do want to talk a little bit about uh, like songs in movies as well yes absolutely but but yeah the way that that um score kind of made me feel was like a little anxious you know um just because you know something's going to happen with this guy it's not i mean it's the freaking joker you know so you and this guy you know they make up this and i'm almost positive that this this uh condition he has is made up of the laughing but I could be wrong. I just no, that's, a, that's a real condition. It's a good condition for him, for the Joker, for sure. And so, you know, he, he's already starting the movie off like this with the laughing thing. And, and so then the music and it's just like whenever I listen to it, I was just like, it's like getting hit in the face with it. I don't know. I'm, it's a man that's, brick. you know, a man that's struggling and he has these mental issues, obviously. And I think the music just oh, adds to the, to the depressive the, state and agony that he's experiencing. I mean, those, and it does a really good job. I mean, as he gets beat up and he's helpless on the ground, uh, kicked and punched by these hooligans that steal his sign and hit him over the head with it. Right. It just adds to the, the emotion that you feel bad for this guy. And if maybe if the music wasn't there, I feel like I'd still feel bad for Arthur Fleck who has yet to become Joker, but I, the music, I keep on saying this, it enhances the, what I'm supposed to be feeling. Right. Yeah. I would agree with that, especially with that movie. Cause that's kind of how I felt like anxious and kind of, you and know, kind of, and I think, I think the, the kind of the, the depressing instrumental score kind of countered with the multiple songs, uh, smile on, uh, and then the other one mm-hmm. uh, that you mentioned when he's dancing on the stairs, mm-hmm. there's a couple other great songs that are older. It's called, it's called rock and roll you, part two. That song is, yeah, uh, which was pretty controversial to be added into that for, I, for the artist's past. Well, but. we can. Oh goodness. Okay. Um, still on scores. I, I do want to talk about if it's okay with you guys. One movie. Uh, well, actually, two. Uh, I just showed my uh, class. We were talking about westerns, and so we were supposed to watch a movie called Shane. It's a movie from 1963, I think, and it's a western, an old western. But I was like, you know, these guys, they've been watching. Paper Moon, which is 1970. The Kid, which is a silent film. They watched Citizen Kane, The Wizard of Oz. Like, let's give them you know, something a little more modern. So I gave them The Magnificent Seven, the 2016 version. And I was watching it. I was watching it with them. And I was, and then I was listening to the score. And I was like, this score is really like, it really fits the, the you know, the Western motif, the Western theme. And it just sounds really cool. Um, some, some of it. I mean, some of it's okay. And most of it's good but there's a couple that i was like okay whatever but uh, i was just i I guess what i'm telling you is because i was kind of caught by surprise with the score of that movie like that's actually a really good movie if you haven't seen it the new magnificent seven Mm, i was gonna say especially because i mean i'm it's it wasn't that popular at least in my experience i no one no one's given it like wave reviews right otherwise i guess that's the problem with me is like i like almost any movie um, and I really, I watched this one in theaters and I was like, Denzel, psh, forget about it. I mean, I'm there, dude. I, I, I can watch it. And Chris Pratt, I love me some Denzel. So I was like, I'm totally there. And so I went to see it in theaters 
And then I watched it again to make sure it was okay for my students. And, and yeah, I was like, okay, this, this is a pretty tight movie. And the, I, the score really surprised me. I just want to say, Justin, I appreciate that you pre-watch the movies to make sure it's safe for your classroom mm-hmm. because well, uh, I was in a similar situation where we watched Deliverance. You yes. watched that in school? Um, yeah. Was it college they, though? No, they they forgot that the rape a scene in there. Rape scene. Oh my it. god! And I'd actually, I'd actually was already somewhat familiar with it because I like movies, and I kept telling the teacher, and I'm like, "Hey, I don't think we're allowed to watch this. There's, there's like a rape in it. We're not allowed to watch this." He goes, "No, no, no. It's fine. It's fine. There's not." And I kept like, I'm "Like, all right." And sure enough. No, you got a pretty mouth for him. <laughs> Jesus. And the, and the te- he turned it off. It's like, I am so sorry. I'm like, yeah. Well, I warned you. I tried to tell you. Did, did he not see the movie beforehand? He, he probably just misremembered it. Movie yeah. On television. Oh, of course oh. I'm not going to include Oh. Edited movies on television <laughs> at the worst. I can't even watch Harry Potter, The Sorcerer's Stone, and ABC Family edited. It's horrible. Yeah. Um, oh, okay. I see. That's funny. Um, yeah. yeah. I The first time, I haven't even seen that movie, but I've seen that part because my ex-girlfriend's dad made us watch that part. Just that part. That's uncomfortable. Yeah. I was like, why the heck would you have us watch hmm. this? Are you, I mean, he might have been trying to scare me away because he didn't like me. So <laughs> I don't know. But uh, I do remember that. And Every time I I hear that or hear about that or see that, which I don't see it very often, but I think of that moment in time. So I wanted to talk about how music is sometimes omitted from scenes during movies. For example, what pops out to me was the scene from the Raimi's first Spider-Man movie, his fight at the end with the Norman Osborn. There's no music. Oh, that, yeah. That and the absence of music. Yeah. Is, it's it's fantastic because you could hear the the screams when Peter Parker's getting beat up to a pulp and you could just his suits torn up and every punch, every groan is just mm. there. Yeah, they went and it, they went hard on the sound design. Yeah, I feel like that was one of the darker scenes of the entire movie. And I feel like it adds to the intensity and makes you feel like what's gonna happen with our our, our main character here, our, our hero, <laughs> yeah. is, is the is the Spider-Man and a Judah's last web is he going to be squashed? But it, it, that's that's one of those scenes where I feel like not having the music it makes you pay attention a little bit more. There's not many movies I can think of that do there's that. There's a scene. You guys can. There's a scene in the Born Identity, I believe, uh, where he confronts you know, one of his old allies in an apartment and they fight and he, he and Bourne has like a pin and the other dude has a knife and, um, and they cut the music out for that, for, for that as well. Um, interesting. That's also another fight scene. Um, so I think we might be onto a theme with that, but with they like, they, they, well, you know, violence. Yeah. yeah. Fight I mean, scenes are so, are so quick and there's so much, you know, pop, 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 like music does enhance it, but it also, enhances it without music i i think I it, it could be a detriment too i feel like in a lot of the john wick uh, scene action scenes i mean there's certain scenes where maybe there's not music but in a lot of them, there's this undertone of uh, something that's happening but i feel like it, it, it's kind of helpful 
um, depending on the mood of the scene and what's happening. But if it's more of like a one-on-one, very more, much more intimate fight, and it's like in a enclosed space, like in the Joker, when he gets revenge essentially on his friend for kind of oh yeah outing him. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think there was any music yeah, in there, right. but but nor was there any music when the shorter guy and the, the taller guy came in anyway. But I I feel like maybe there was some um, maybe tension building strings, but maybe there wasn't. But I like it best. I think it works best, and I notice it more when there's music than there's subtly not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Music helps kind of push a scene along. It helps feed the emotions to the audience, kind of helps them get in the right right frame of mind. And then also using motifs and techniques, it kind of tells them what to start expecting next. Because like you can, you know, when you watch a horror movie, you know when something's about to jump out because they start playing all those strings and the high tense, you know, trill sounds and rattling and the noises and things like that. And it kind of prepares you for what's going to happen next. Whereas I feel when you refrain from putting music, that's a signal to the audience to stop and pay attention to what's going on. Absolutely. What's going on has a, a, a significance that's going to change. Yeah. Let's take a look at the force awakens really quick. No, spoiler alert. On solo dies, uh, <laughs> but you know that scene when he's on the the bridge, the ominous bridge with his son mm-hmm. uh, Kylo Ren, Ben. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I just knew something was going to happen. I mean, it's a it's a he's on a bridge with his son. It's I could I could feel something. I could remember just describing the. I remember what I felt like in the in the theater during that that particular scene. I mm-hmm. like my, my my palms were sweating. I I, I feel like something was. I have a bad feeling about this type of situation. Mm-hmm. And you see that <laughs> intimate moment as they're kind of conversing mm-hmm. and then uh, the, the lightsaber ignites. You don't see it immediately, but then that whole buildup, there's nothing happening musically. Well, speaking of, to that, not the force awakens, but the rise of Skywalker when they're together again, I don't really remember there being music in that scene either. Was there? When who's together again? Uh, when when Kylo Ren and Han Solo are together again? I don't remember. And he, you know, he's standing there, and then you hear "Hey, kid," and then he turns around, and then there's Han Solo. I don't remember there being any music, but I could be wrong. It could have been yeah, very. Subtle. That movie was just bloated, but it was yeah. certainly better than the Last Jedi for, for sure. <laughs> oh yeah, that's all. That's all there. Yeah. So, so yeah, if if you guys don't mind, I would like to talk about like with the uses of music in movies. Um, one thing I really enjoy. And I've noticed this watching um, the Umbrella Academy is when there's something going on on screen. And so we talk about this thing in in my film class and it's called Counterpoint, how music is used in movies and how it makes you feel and like you were saying, Jake, about it, you know, it makes you feel like something's coming up or whatever. It guides the viewer. So we talk about it. There's parallel music, which music that goes with what's going on screen. So if there's um, a dance song on and then people are dancing, that's parallel sound, right? Then there's another term called contrapuntal, where music in the movie doesn't go with what's on screen. So the example that I got a lot, like in one of my the videos I've shown, is the scene in Guardians of the Galaxy when 
Peter Quill is wants his, his Walkman back. And then he's getting stabbed with that electricity thing. And then hooked on a feeling starts playing. So you got someone getting beat up and stabbed with like essentially a taser while this happy, you know, go lucky song is playing. And I realize I really enjoy that that kind of sound so like umbrella academy does it really well with fight scenes and they'll play something crazy like the backstreet boys you know like uh, everybody everybody by the backstreet boys so i found that i've i really enjoy like songs that you know where there's like huge fight scene or someone's getting killed or whatever and it's just like this upbeat type song that you wouldn't expect to be in this kind of scene but it is I feel like a lot of james Gunn's movies and tv yeah. so they tend to do that a lot Oh, yeah. Peacemaker, they include wacky rock music for scenes that are violent as can be, but yeah, yeah. Are, I mean, heads are blowing off, but it, the music kind of uplifts the tone. <laughs> right. It's, it makes it, you know, a little easier to deal with. Whereas yeah. you got, you got shows like the walking dead who play like this somber type, you know, score in the background while people are dying. Yeah. And so it's a whole or different, even, whole different yeah, lost, effect. Yeah. Lost is another great um, <laughs> series that includes you know, music with you no know, tension building. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't really stray from you know, that. I mean, my, Michael uh, Gia, Gino Giacchino, mm-hmm. um, he's a, a prominent uh, Character. composer of music oh, and gotcha, he's doing gotcha. the, he's doing the Batman. He's done, I think, Rogue One, a Star Wars story. He's done several, uh, including one of my favorite video games, uh, Medal of Honor, Dogs of War, which is like, I played on PlayStation 2. Like that video game music is fantastic as well. Golly, really? I was, while you guys are talking, I was thinking about movies that I've seen that does that. And I think the first movie I remember uh, incorporating that technique was Agent Cody Banks with Frankie you know, the weirdest that. thing i was Vaguely. i was talking to my students about that movie the other day it is a do they know what that movie is your kids nope they don't know it is what it is 100 a b movie it's not good oh yeah but there's there's a scene where you know frankie Muniz is fighting the big bad guy and in the movie he plays a clarinet or something and they're like practicing for this orchestra event and they're fighting and in the background there's like this like classical music being played in the background because that's what's being played like somewhere else so these guys are like trying to kill each other and there's like this very nice lovely like music being that sounds played cool that's oh, yeah. the first that's the first movie that I remember incorporating that is, oh, really? is freaking Agent Cody Banks. <laughs> and cla- I think classical music always is a great kind of counter to action scenes in general. The, 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 yeah, the recent, I would agree. The, re- the recent Kingsman movie, which I saw in Oh, theaters, man, that's such a good... There's one scene where there's this classical work that actually is admired by the villain that's being attacked and he happens to be trained in ballet, but he's this big dude. Anyways, he's a villain. It's a fight scene, but that music's playing during this chaotic. I mean, I think I feel like the Kingsman series in general is kind of oh, yeah. more lighthearted, comic-y, but it has it's serious great tone actions. as well. Well, it has great action scenes. Uh, Absolutely. Great incredible action scenes. Scene. Do you think that technique only works with certain types of movies and I guess the established moods? I mean, yeah. if it happens out of nowhere for certain movies, it, it, the tonal whiplash would be horrible, right? So yeah, you think of movies like like Kingsman and uh, not movies, Cody but Banks. Cody Banks and well, and um, Umbrella Academy and all this stuff, and they're all like usually comedies that have some fight scenes in them, you know. So like the Umbrella Academy has fight scenes all over the place because it's about superheroes, you know. Brutal as can be though. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then same with Kickass, it's it has fight scenes. So it, but there's some 
some scenes that have, you know, lighthearted music to go along with these fight scenes because it's already a lighthearted movie. There are serious moments, but for the most part, it's it's a lighthearted movie. I want a movie with a scene where like a family sitting down for dinner and in the background is just like heavy metal death <laughs> music. And they're yeah. just like sipping tea, having a conversation. Well, you'd have to, yeah, you'd have to do it the right way. But I think, you know, one of the, if, it, you, if you portrayed it as like their inner thoughts or something, like yeah. one of the characters yeah, hate yeah. another character, that would, I can see it. That'd be dope. Maybe yeah. it's a transition that, that, that music's actually coming from the, the next door neighbor's house. I don't know. Oh, they're, like just, a, they're just not reacting to it. I think it'd be more effective if you could figure out a way to make it part of that scene as opposed to coming from another scene or whatever. I think it would be more effective that, that way. The way you were speaking, talking about, Jake. Speaking of music being in the scene, I love films that play with uh, diegetic and non-diegetic music. Mm -hmm. For those who are listening, you might not know, diegetic sound is referred to a sound that is in universe of the movie. The so that is sound that is they're listening to in their headphones or car speakers or the radio. It's sound that, that we can hear, but your your the characters in the movie can also hear. It. Yes, the characters can also hear. And non-diegetic sound is music that only we you as the hear. audience can hear. So that would be like a theme song or the or score. score. Or something that characters are are unaware of, right? And films do this fun thing sometimes. Well, they will play with that concept. Well, they were they will start music at, Not, as a non diegetic sound, and then give it a in universe in film yeah. canonical reason for being there suddenly, or vice oh. versa. Be listening, and then it will kind of go out into the band yeah. as they do cutscenes or whatnot, and it becomes non-diegetic sound. Blazing Saddles did a really great job with that, where like oh, you see the, the the theme music come in as he's riding across the western plain, and then suddenly there's a mariachi band just like jamming <laughs> it up in the middle of the field. Rango, uh, yeah, we're gonna, which is we're a great animated film, by the way, does the same thing. Yeah, with their little mariachi band. Mariachi? Well, Mariachi? When I think of non-diegetic going into diegetic, the first example that comes to my mind is from the first Avengers movie where I think we're outside the ship after they've picked up whole, uh, Bruce Banner and he's listening to that op operatic music. But at first it's like it's part of the, the movie. And then we cut to Bruce Banner and then it's cut, you know, it's you can only hear it in his headphones. So that would be kind of like an, an example of non-diegetic going into diegetic. Did Baby Driver have any examples of that? I never saw Man. that movie. Baby Driver was, yeah, that was pretty much the but whole film. That, that's um, a, a that's an Edgar Wright movie, so I need to watch it, and I own it. Oh, it's fantastic. It. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, that whole movie played with that concept throughout, because between him listening on his headphones and the radios in the cars, as it transitioned through chase scenes and conversations and things like that, yeah, they were going in and out of those two styles all the time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I've never seen it, but I, I've heard of the concept of the movie and it kind of is, is like that. Um, it's great. It's like, a, it's like a dance film. Like it was, it's, with, it's a, but with the a car. whole movie is a play, but it's with cars and action mm -hmm. scenes and it's really cool. Yeah, uh, John Ham's in it too. The first time <laughs> I remember that concept of non-diegetic to diegetic, those are hard words to say. Maybe uh, for you they're hard words to say. Is in holes when they are 
stealing the sunflower seeds from Mr. Sir. And he turns back around because they like have this song and they start freaking out and the song starts playing. And then it turns out that it's actually just the music in his car because it cuts off as soon as the door closes. No, I haven't seen the movie been, ages. Yeah, I was gonna say it's been a while. Well, it's been a while. It. It's good. Yeah. Um, so um if it's okay with you guys, would y'all want to talk about um kind of like theme music? So the first thing that comes to my mind is maybe like the original Godzilla theme, you know, or um or Saw or anything like that. Like what are y'all what are y'all's thoughts on on those? Or maybe even like Mortal Kombat, like the nineties Mortal Kombat theme. Mortal Kombat would probably be up there just because it's very memorable and uh, it came out when I was a kid. So it's kind of been stuck in my head, but I also watching this, um, this documentary on Netflix, not Netflix, YouTube about Superman and the Superman theme song from the movie play. And I was like, Oh my God, I love the Superman theme song. So the next day, so whenever I'm, um, we have a thing called bell work at school where the kids have to have work to do right when they sit down, right when the bell rings, they have work to do just like something that's like, you know, five minutes the first five minutes after the bell rings, they have something to do while, you know, we're taking roll and stuff like, and so the other day I played the Superman theme song from the 1978 movie with Christopher Reeves. And I said, I'll give anybody 10 points right now if they can tell me what movie this is from. And they did a pretty good job. There was uh, each class had like one, one person that knew, you know, how long did it take for them to So for the most part, it took them maybe 10 seconds. You know, some of them knew. Like a lot of them knew in every class, except for seventh period. Someone finally guessed it. It took them a minute, but someone finally guessed it. They kept saying Avengers. I'm like, no, it is not from the Avengers. Like, I don't know how many times they said, oh, man, this is the Avengers. I'm like, no, dude, it's not the Avengers. Like, I I, I told them that like three or four times. Like, it is not the Avengers. Don't say it's from the Avengers again. (laughs) Like, gee. John Williams is doing fantastic. Yeah, his are. If you wanted to be even more of a music nerd like me, I have a whole freaking Reddit forum printed out about the soundtrack of soundtrack of Star Wars movies. But I remember the original trilogy of A New Hope, Empire Strikes Back, and Return of the Jedi. The main theme was recorded differently each time. It was a separate recording. Whereas in the prequel trilogy, they use the same um, recording, but maybe just slightly uh, change it up each time. Whereas in A New Hope, Empire, and Return of the Jedi, you could tell, at least I can, I, mean, I wish I could share now but we can't but the differences in the way each performance of the main theme sounds um it's just striking to yeah, me. my, fa- my favorite my favorite's definitely empire i think that's like the quintessential the one that you hear in promotional material um a lot of the time like i could i could probably recognize if you played uh out of all the six or nine nine uh, yeah. trilogies <laughs> or uh, movies from the star wars franchise then i could definitely pick out which from which main title that movie came from that's like how big of an audiophile nerd i am <laughs> i mean i like scores and i think you've tried to point this out to me before and i'm just like okay whatever you say zach um but i do like this scores from star wars don't get me wrong but like they, a lot and, of characters they have their own themes i think that's what's missing I, I, as i said like these days in movies when there's like, multiple characters Maybe it's easier in like a trilogy, perhaps, where there's more time yeah. to establish these characters. For like in Lord of the Rings, you have the, the like the Shire Hobbit theme. You have uh, the theme from, from you know when you know, Gollum's prancing around, uh, leading the hobbits to Mordor to their death. What he's hoping. And then you have there's, there's a whole gamut of themes in Lord of the Rings, and Howard Shore's music is is just wonderful. And I could I could play the um the the, the Hobbit theme um like the version when um, 
Frodo and Sam are hugging each other on the on the boat after uh, Frodo rescues Sam from his potential demise. He's he's about to drown. Remember that entire scene? Sure. Um, I can play that on the tin lute, tin whistle. Cool. That's the, that's the name of the instrument. That's I do like the I, the Lord of the Rings score, um, especially. I can't sing it, but the one when they're in the like, I think it's at the beginning, very beginning of the movie, and there he's you know when it introduces the Shire. Yeah, when it introduces the Shire. Yeah, that's just, called that, concern. That's, I think that's the theme that everyone thinks of. Yeah, and you know con, it's called concerning hobbits, according to the the yes. soundtrack. I uh, I saw the trilogy twice, but it's twice. You've only seen it twice. Yeah, dude. You know it, how was, long it the, was, it the, was it the theatrical I've, version? I so, then I'm, not, I'm getting off. So listen, the first time was the theatrical versions because I had the DVDs. I just bought the DVDs and they I, they were theatrical, but I didn't actually watch the third one. I just watched the first two because they were they're long, and a lot of times I had to pause it. Because I'm falling asleep. I'm like, I got to pause this and like take a 10 minute power nap. So that's what I would do. But the second time I watched it, I had the Blu-ray extended cuts. And we watched, we watched all three of those movies with the extended cut. And it's like, you know, three, three and a half hours, almost four hours long each movie. So that's 12 hours of of it's it's like I think it's an eleven hour altogether. It's oh like man! I never watched because we in would one watch sitting. that movie. We well, watch, we didn't watch them in one sitting. I'm not that stupid, but we, we would we watch even, them in one sitting every New Year's Eve. That's what we did. Instead of going out to like parties or whatever, we would sit down. That's and, like, like fun. Food and just, just watch Steamroll, Lord of the Rings. It I would really do that. Awesome. I think I would rather do that with like with like Harry Potter. People. I mean, Harry Potter. Yeah, that's a lot of films. So. We've done that. We like to do that with all these long series. Yeah, so but I think Harry Potter. We've done Lord of the Rings. We've done it with Star Wars. Sounds you know, fun. The, the Harry we've Potter. We've even done it with Ice Age. Like Ice Age has like six movies. We've done it with. <laughs> we've done it with the Ice do Age that series. With the Land Before do it with Time. Star Wars. Skip the sequel trilogy. Um. So I know. It's, I would think we're we're probably almost done. Getting close to wrapping up. Uh, yeah. But I have one more I'm, topic. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. So the Great Gatsby, the one that Baz Luhrmann did, sure. How many years ago? Have you seen that one with Leonardo DiCaprio? Tobey no. Maguire plays no, Dick no. Calloway. Have you? Have you, Jake? No. Never seen it. Wow. I've never seen it. Either. But you really don't need to see it um, to understand that what I'm about to say. Um, but it uses a lot of contemporary modern music out of not really nowhere, but it's used in a way that, at least for me, kind of took me out of the movie. I didn't expect it. I like a night's tale. But Laz Lerman kind of took uh, explained that he used um, modern music in a movie about that takes place in the 1920s because he felt like maybe modern music might appeal more to uh, the audience. And at the time, no jazz was was very popular. So using modern music was kind of a way to kind of connect with the the audience. and using by using like rap and yeah, a host I, of other contemporary stuff. I don't know. I'm not a big modern music guy, so yeah. I can't really define Correct me it. if I'm wrong. I feel like Quentin Tarantino does this a lot in a lot of his films. Yeah, he does. Where to do? I conclude songs. You know, it'll be based in the 1940s or in the West or whatever, and then he'll have like R&B or rap or just <laughs> all sorts of crazy stuff. Well, maybe I don't know that for sure because I've only seen like, a couple. A couple. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, I feel like for Quentin Tarantino films, I mean, that would it take me out of it. Um, well, I, just, I, know, I I'm used to his style. I know we're talking about scores, but you know, the first thing, I, the first movie I think of when when it comes to like it's set in one time, but the music's from another time is The Greatest Showman, where you know it's set in the what the 20s or the 30s. 
Yeah. Uh, but, you know, the music they're singing, the way they're dancing is all modern. Like you didn't, they, even my mom was like, they didn't dan- dance like that back then. <laughs> and I'm like, I know mom, but it's a movie, you know, so get over it lady. Um, so I, I mean, and I liked it. I thought it was great. Like it didn't take me out of the movie at all. I didn't, I mean, honestly, I didn't even, I didn't even notice, you know, I've never seen the movie. Uh, is the greatest showman trying to come across as a period piece in the first place? Well, yeah, it's based on a, on a true story. Um, okay. Of, uh, Phineas T. Barnum who did like Barnum and Bailey and all that stuff. So the circus. And so it's, but in, it's a musical and it's, but instead of using music from the time, they decide they're not using music from the time instead of writing music that sounded like the time, the music sounds more like, you know, modern music with mo- more modern dancing and stuff like that. Yeah, I'd have to see the movie. Yeah, you should watch it. Whether I, I really out of it or not. I really, really like. I sat down. The reason I saw this movie is because my niece wanted to go see it, and I was like, "All right, I'll go see this movie." You know, I, I looked up the trailer, and I didn't it didn't really look interesting to me. And you know, had Zac Efron, and at the time, Zadea, who I didn't know, um, and then of course, uh, I almost said Woody Harrelson, Hugh Jackman, and I was like, "Okay, you know, Zac Efron, Hugh Jackman, I, you might be okay." So I go. And then right when the first song starts playing, which is the very beginning of the movie, I was like sucked in, like just immediately. And I just like fell in love with that movie. That movie is so good to me. It's very a, a very fun movie. So, yeah, like that's what I think of when. And then I mentioned earlier, A Knight's Tale does the same thing where, you know, it's this group of knights. But we're hearing like the same. I think that same song from the freaking Jokers in that movie, the <laughs> rock and roll part two. I'm almost positive yeah. that song is in that movie. I'm sure so, that song is used in multiple movies. Also, Shrek. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> For sure. Cause that's been like, that's a fairy tale, but I would say that's kind of more like, I don't know. Would you say fits like the tone? Like, oh, well, it, yeah, it does fit the tone. But like, if you had to compare that to a time in a real time, I would say kind of medieval-ish type. Yeah. Times. It'd be medieval times. It'd be, yeah. And so like like, I guess kind of like the, a knight's tale. And so, yeah. And then, you know, the first song that plays is freaking all-star by smash mouth. <laughs> so yeah, I totally, yeah. I didn't think about Shrek. Good thing. Good, a uh, good point. But I think yeah. that leads, at least back to Zach's question. I think it largely depends on the type of movie you're filming and the type of feeling that you're going for. Are you going to be more irreverent or are you going to be more serious? in the mm-hmm. film that you're making because i yeah. feel like every, everything we've discussed when they talk about you know using modern music in these alternate timelines or these past you know historical eras it's all movies that have kind of an upbeat lighthearted they kind of have feel to. to them they don't take themselves too seriously or they're kind of like happy optimistic upbeat or a little bit of both like what know? kind of music does tragedy and macbeth with enzo washington use uh, have you seen the movie i'm, I'm curious I, I, and Baz Luhrmann, who did Great Gatsby, the modern one, he also directed the Romeo and Juliet uh, with Winslet and DiCaprio in 1996, which I've never seen. Winslet's not into Romeo and Juliet. Claire. I think Gwyneth Paltrow is in that movie. No, that's oh. no, that's Shakespeare in Love. That's Shakespeare in Love. I'm oh. But I don't think Winslet is. Well, let's look it up, man. Romeo and Juliet, Claire Danes. I don't know who she is. Yeah. But. Claire Danes. Okay. Yeah. Cause that's the one where it's like set in modern times, but they're still talking like Shakespeare, but they're using guns and all that stuff. See, like that's a movie you could afford to get away with a lot of interesting experimental choices with music. Yeah. Yeah. yeah for sure. Um, okay. Um, the last thing I wanted to talk about, um, I know this is a movie podcast, but I was also wanting to t- see what you guys thought about like scores and video games. And if there's any that kind of stands out to you because video games have our stories, right? So we can talk about video games. Are there any that stand out to you guys like score wise? Yeah. Uh, dogs of war, 
is the name of the tune. Oh yeah, you did mention that. Uh-huh. Medal of Honor. It, it, all the Medal of Honor games have this theme, which which I wish I could hum, but yeah. I can't. Uh, but it's a motif that I know pretty well. What else? That's uh, non like the, established IPs aside from Star Wars. Uh, well, the, and, well, like no. Halo is one of them. Yeah, and specifically yeah. for me, uh, Legend of Zelda: The oh, Twilight yeah. Princess. Oh yeah, I love that. Have, that. We could talk about music in Zelda all day long because man, <laughs> every every game I think has good music. Some better than others, but every Zelda game, especially Breath of the Wild, I could listen to that like in my car or driving. Like I love that Breath of the Wild soundtrack. And and when I was working at um, Channel Seven, I would listen to Breath of the Wild a lot while I was working, just because it was very it's very calming, very like you know real soft music, just pianos, and then. Even like even like the music that when a when a villain shows up is very like they try to you know get that tension in there, but it's just piano music. It's it's crazy. Uh, but the, the one game I was thinking about was the Batman Arkham series and like how good that music is in, in that in that game. Just like while I'm playing, I'm just like listening to music, just like totally into it. But it fits the game really well. Um, and that's music like that. And Fez is a good one that I like to listen to on its own. And then um, Unravel is a good one. And Cuphead has some good music as well. Cuphead has good music. Yeah, Cuphead has good music, kind of 40s, like, hey, you know, that kind of stuff, like announcer type. All the Fallout games have great music. And I think oh, yeah. int- introduced a lot of you know, people that don't normally listen to, like me, like 40s, 50s. 60s music like that a lot i see on youtube comments for a lot of these songs like i'm i came here from you no know, fallout 3 and it, it just you see these threaded conversations of people just talking about like their how they were they were exposed to these older tunes and it's through video games yeah yeah because they switch is cool yeah and i guess that's that's kind of a what harkens back to when we were talking about how sometimes it doesn't match the music doesn't match what's going on so like a lot of it seems like a lot of video game trailers do that where like like Mad World and Gears of War is all this, you know, shooting and and explosions and stuff. But then in the background you have this. If y'all have heard Mad World, it's like very soft piano. The voice, the guy's singing voice is very you know very soft and and whatever. But uh, yeah, they video game trailers do that a lot where things don't match. But it's like you know playing this 50s 60s music while a nuclear war is going on. Essentially, it's kind of cool. So oh, yeah. anyway, you guys have anything else you want to you want to add before we go? I guess if you had to like be on an island and only one movie soundtrack, which would it be? Oh, Mine would be probably Spider-Man, Raimi trilogy. Just, if I had a gun to my head right now, <laughs> yeah. I, I'd just say that. Okay, gun to my head. Um, I would probably bring, um, I hate to say it, man. I would probably bring Forrest Gump. Forrest Gump, that's interesting. The, the score okay. from Forrest Gump. Oh, yeah. That score is just like, even just listening to it, I'm like, I get emotional just listening to the score. So good. I, I totally I, forgot that. I can't believe I'm this the first time I'm mentioning it, but go ahead, Jake. I would probably bring um, the score to Danny Elfman's Alice in Wonderland. Oh, like, like the, the like he, animated? The, no, no. It's a live action like one. Johnny Depp. Okay, with, gotcha. with Johnny Depp. And that theme is just wonderful. It has such a sense of just, you know, wonder and mystique and excitement to it. I could just listen to that all That's day. Elfman, Raimi trilogy, Trilogy's Elfman too. Yep. Great minds think alike. Perfect. Cool. All right. Well, uh, this was a good conversation, guys. Uh, I guess that's it for us tonight, but hit us up uh, on any social media 
platform uh well i say any most social media facebook twitter instagram all that stuff uh, the fantastic mr podcast let us know of anything you'd like us to talk about tell us your favorite songs or tell us your absolutely tell us your favorite scores for real uh, we'd love to hear about it and tell us anything else if you want to just hit us up about anything um yeah that'll be uh that'll be awesome so uh we'll see you guys next week right guys yes sir have a fantastic right. day See you guys next time. Later.